listening to Let the Bible Speak. Let the Bible Speak is the radio ministry of the Free Presbyterian Church. Stephen Pollock is the pastor of Free Presbyterian Church of Malvern, Pennsylvania. The church is located at the junction of 401 and Mallon Road. Thank you for joining us today as Dr. Pollock opens the Word of God and lets the Bible speak. Welcome to another episode of Let the Bible Speak. I'm glad you're able to join us today and today we're going to look at one of the best known stories in the Gospel record. It is the story of the healing of the blind man Bartimaeus on the road outside Jericho. The story is told in the three synoptic Gospels, Matthew, Mark and Luke. And Luke's account is unique in that he records something of the response of those who were watching the events. In Luke chapter 18 and the verse number 43, after Bartimaeus receives his sight and follows the Lord, he is said to glorify God. And all the people, when they saw it, gave praise unto God. In today's broadcast, I'm going to share part of a sermon that presents the reasons why the people gave glory to God. It was an event that produced praise and glorying of the Lord in people's hearts. But before I share that message, let me read through the words of Luke 18 and then make some comments regarding this event and how it itself pictures what it is for a sinner to come to Christ. So let's hear the word of God. It's Luke chapter 18 and the verse number 35. The word of God says, And it came to pass that as he was come nigh unto Jericho, a certain blind man sat by the wayside begging. And hearing the multitude pass by, he asked what it meant. And they told him that Jesus of Nazareth passeth by. And he cried, saying, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And they which went before rebuked him, that he should hold his peace. But he cried so much the more, Thou son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stood and commanded him to be brought unto him. And when he was come near, he asked him, saying, What wilt that I should do unto thee? And he said, Lord, that I may receive my sight. And Jesus said unto him, Receive thy sight, thy faith hath saved thee. And immediately he received his sight and followed him, glorifying God and all the people when they saw it give praise unto God. Let's just bow in prayer and ask for God's help as we come to think about this portion today. Eternal God, we thank you for your word. And we pray that your word would be a blessing to our hearts today. We thank you for all of the listeners and all those who are able to tune into this broadcast. And we pray that the word of God would even work in their hearts, that many would come to trust in Christ. And for those who know the Lord, that their faith would be strengthened. And so bless us, we pray. Use thy word in Jesus' name. Amen. So I've said to you that we're going to, we're going to listen to part of a sermon that deals with the latter part of this portion, the people seeing the miracle give praise unto God. But this event, this real event that happened outside of Jericho, is an event that also pictures what it is for the sinner to come to Christ. It pictures the gospel message. Bartimaeus had somehow heard about Jesus. He is sitting on the wayside begging. As it was the case, those who could not see could not work, and they 
found themselves in tremendous financial difficulty and they would often be found begging on the wayside. Bartimaeus was one such a man and he hears the tumult around him as a crowd passed by. It is it is the people who are accompanying the Lord Jesus on the way to Jerusalem. And this is the last time the Lord will go to Jerusalem. He's heading to the cross. And on his way, he goes through Jericho and encounters this man Bartimaeus, who shouts over the crowd, Son of David, have mercy on me. And I will think more about some of those words in the message that will follow. But for now, we see a man who somehow had heard about Jesus. And having heard about Jesus, believed that he was one who was willing and able to help him in his troubles. His blindness is not necessarily caused by his own sin or by the sin of his parents. You can see that in John chapter 8. But his blindness is caused by the problem of sin in the world. And through sin, disease follows. People suffer infirmities. And here's a man suffering under the consequence of sin, who having heard of Jesus, calls out to Jesus in faith. And in faith, believing in Christ, he in turn receives his sight and hears the words of assurance that his faith has made him whole. He's been saved. Bartimaeus is one who has been restored and forgiven through the work of Christ. And I tell you today that having heard of Christ, I tell you of one who is indeed willing and able to save. Bartimaeus gives us an example of what it is to call upon the Lord. He came in a sense of his desperation. The term that's used for calling here denotes this idea of screaming in desperation for the Lord. Such was his burden. He was not going to miss this last chance to speak to Christ. You see, faith occurs in the human heart or trusting in Christ is within our souls. But that which is within our heart does not stay in our heart. It's expressed outwardly. And it's expressed outwardly on our calling to the Lord for mercy. And so Bartimaeus calls to him. The, the crowd, they seek to hinder him. They put him off. They don't want him to be bothering the Lord. He's not, he's not worthy of the Lord's attention. But Bartimaeus recognized this was perhaps his last chance. And so he calls. And praise God, the Lord stops, stood still, and hears his call. The Lord delights to hear our calls for mercy. And the Lord heard his call for mercy. And the Lord told Bartimaeus to come. And today the Lord tells you to come. Come unto me, all ye that are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. The Lord will stand still for you, even where you are at this very point in time. If you call upon the Lord for mercy, he will stand still, he will hear your call, and he will tell you to come. And so, when the Lord says, come, come despite the crowd, come despite those who may discourage us from getting to Christ Jesus, get to the Lord today, leave off your old life, Mark tells us in his record of this event that Bartimaeus cast away his garment. That garment represented his old life. It was the garment of the beggar. Oh, that garment that kept him warm at night. That garment that was used for his bedclothes. That garment represented what he was. He was a blind beggar. 
And as he comes to Christ, he casts that garment because he knows that when he gets to Christ, nothing will be the same again. And so we find him calling upon the Lord. We find him receiving from the Lord that gift of restoration of his sight. We find him hearing from the Lord those words of comfort. Your sins have made you whole. And so he goes on and follows the Lord. It is in light of this wonderful miracle that the people then praise God. They give glory to God. And so it could be today that as you give your life to Christ, people will also glorify God for what he's done in your life. So let's hear the reasons whereby people give praise to God. But in the second place, we do note that it is an event that leads people to glorify God. It's such a simple message, a beautiful narrative. These words, Jesus, I son of David, are some of the very first words I remember reading, I remember memorizing the Bible. We had a thing in my elementary school that we put on a, a presentation of some Bible stories, and I was asked to play the part of Bartimaeus. And I remember these words. These are some of the very first words I remember, remember learning as, a, as an elementary school pupil. They're beautiful. This man's begging by the wayside. And Christ comes past and he's on the way following Christ, glorifying God. It's a tremendous transformation of God's grace. And it inevitably leads to a response. We know it and we go, oh yeah, of course, Bartimaeus can see now. Isn't that nice? But that's not what happens in the narrative. Verse 43. Immediately he received his sight and he follows him and glorified God. And all the people, when they saw it, gave praise unto God. Bartimaeus glorifies God. The people praise God. And we ought to do the same. So what is it in this narrative that leads us to glorify the Lord? Perhaps before I ask that question, what does it mean to glorify God? Well, it means to publicly extol and glorify or to praise his character. We don't add to God's glory. We show God's glory. We reflect God's glory in our, lip, within our lives and with our lips in public praise. So what is it in this narrative that causes us to glorify God, to exalt his character? I hear, I do understand that we perceive more than the people did then. We understand more than they did. Well, well, they actually saw the miracle. Of course, they praised the Lord. Well, the miracle's not any less true because you don't see it. Just because you didn't see Bartimaeus getting a sight doesn't mean he didn't get a sight. There were those who saw it, who bore witness to it and praised God. But we actually, we understand more than they did. We look through the lens of the entire Bible and, and we get this more than they did. So if they praise God, how much more ought we to praise God? And so we glorify God, first of all, for his power. That's, I think, in essence, what's happening with the people here. They see a blind man receiving his sight miraculously, and they know that only God can do this. Bartimaeus contributes nothing to his sight. God alone can bring sight to the blind. 
And so people see the miracle and they see the work of God alone. But we see the miracle and we see the work of God alone in Bartimaeus' heart. They see the work in his eyes. We see God's work in his heart. You see, it is wonderful, isn't it, that Bartimaeus can see. Is it not more wonderful that Bartimaeus can believe? Think of the matter of man's depravity. Bartimaeus was totally depraved. In his mind, his understanding was darkened that he would not by himself hear the words of Christ and believe. His will is bound. The will that overcomes the crowd, that will by nature is bound. In and of himself, that depraved sinner would have heard the crowd and stayed where he was. Humanly speaking. His emotions. His emotions are tainted and broken by the fall. He does not love those things that are most lovely. He may love the idea of sight again, but he receives his sight and follows Christ because Christ has now first place in his affections. It is a marvel that this totally depraved sinner can come to believe in Christ. And so we praise God for the marvel of his power. We glorify God. We see God's power at work here and we praise the Lord. The dead live, the blind see. And we think of the language of Ephesians chapter 1. We saw it before. The exceeding greatness of his power to us who believe. Who believe according to the working of his mighty power. We believe because of the power of God. We read this account and we praise the Lord. And we see this account wrought out in lives all around this building. We ought to come in here every single Lord's Day and scan the congregation and say, there is a display of God's almighty power. He believes because of the power of God. Glory be to God's name. She believes because of the power of God. Glory be to God's name. Left to herself. Left to himself. He's in the filth of his sin. He's in the world. But by grace he's here. Oh, how that would revolutionize our spirit in the house of God. Not a bitter heartedness, a grumbling, complaining spirit. But we come in and we praise the Lord that we are all here by God's grace. We're saved by grace alone. Glory be to God's. It's a display of God's power. And thus we see God's power and we give glory to his name. It's also though a display of God's faithfulness. And as we reflect upon this narrative, we see that God's faithfulness is being shown here. In the Bible, the concept of God's faithfulness and God's truth are closely connected. And what you see in this narrative is the revelation of God keeping his promises. The language that Bartimaeus uses regarding Jesus is very significant. Jesus, thou son of David. 
Bartimaeus in his testimony is reflecting the truth that God has kept his promise so that a son of David would come. So turn please to Matthew 21. Let me turn you back to Matthew 21. When we'll come to Luke 19 later on and we'll see the entrance of Christ into Jerusalem. But Luke does not emphasize the language, the titles. He refers to the king coming, which is very significant. But Matthew refers to the titles that are used of Christ. Matthew 21 and the verse number 9. And the multitudes that went before and that followed cried, saying, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Now that language used by the crowd as Christ approaches Jerusalem causes great consternation to the religious leaders. Verse 15, And when the chief priests and scribes saw the wonderful things that he did, and the children crying in the temple and saying, Hosanna to the son of David, they were sore displeased. Why? Because the children were testifying out of the mouths and babes and sucklings. They were testifying to the truth that this man, Jesus, was indeed the son of David, the coming, anointed Savior of sinners. That is really important to Bartimaeus. So you go back to Matthew 11, and these things are connected. Matthew chapter 11 John, we saw this in our studies in Luke. John is wondering regarding Christ. Is he the one that should come or should we look for another? Verse number three. Jesus' answer comes in the form of a quotation. And he refers to Isaiah's prophecy. Go and show John again those things which you you do hear and see. The blind receive their sight and the lame walk. The lepers are cleansed. The deaf hear. The dead are raised up, and the poor of the gospel preached to them. Did you miss it? The blind receive their sight. And evidence of the messianic identity of Jesus is the fact that the blind are receiving their sight. And I am convinced in my mind that Bartimaeus heard some of these events. He heard it blind people receiving their sight. He needs his sight restored. And he understands that it's a particular person who has the power to give sight to the blind, and that person is the son of David, the Messiah promised in the Old Testament. Bartimaeus has this conviction. And so as he calls upon the Lord, Jesus, son of David, he's in essence saying to the entire crowd, come with me, come, come with me, because You see this man standing right here? This man standing beside me right now who's commanded me? This man is the Messiah. He is the one who has come to die for his people. And he has come and God has kept his word. God's a faithful God. Glory be to his name. We exalt and we glorify the character of God when we reflect upon the truthfulness of God to keep his word. Hence, we glorify and we praise the name of God. God has kept his promises. Glory be to his name. But God's faithfulness in this account does not only refer to God keeping his promise in the Old Testament, 
but it also refers to God keeping his promise in a personal fashion to Bartimaeus. I haven't referred to the words of verse number 41 yet, where the Lord says to him, What wilt that I shall do unto thee? Here's a promise of, I can do something for you, Bartimaeus. And Bartimaeus says, Lord, that I may receive my sight. And Jesus said unto him, Receive thy sight. Thy faith has saved thee. And what happens? He sees. The incarnate God walking on this earth is reliable, is trustworthy, and when he says and gives a promise, he will do it. And so he says, receive your sight. He receives his sight. The people praise God because Jesus keeps his word. Glory to his name. And we have the same privilege. Come unto me, and I will give you rest. I came, and you gave me rest. Glory to your name. Call upon me, and be saved. I called, and I was saved. I knew peace with God. I knew sins forgiven. And so we glorify God in this place. His promises are kept in the Scriptures, and His promises in the Scriptures are kept to us personally. Hence, we glorify the name of Christ as the revelation of God. He does what He says. And then finally, in the third place, we glorify God not only as we display His power and His faithfulness, but also in displaying His mercy. Bartimaeus' cry Jesus, thy son of David, have mercy on me. The concept of mercy in both the Old and the New Testament speak of God's loving kindness. It reflects Bartimaeus' conviction regarding Christ's authority. We go to a benefactor for a gift and to a judge for mercy. You want the present you might go to a grandmother. If you're a guilty criminal and you need mercy, you will go to a judge. And Bartimaeus recognizes the authority of Christ here to withhold mercy or to dispense mercy according to his sovereign will. He has the right to show mercy and he has the right to withhold mercy. And Bartimaeus is reflecting that. He's reflecting his conviction of God's authority. And we do the same when we recognize that we do not deserve favor and grace, but it's an act of God's mercy. But we also reflect upon God's availability, his approachability. Because throughout the Bible, we see that when God hears the cry for mercy, he shows mercy. And Bartimaeus receives the mercy of God. The loving kindness of God. And as the people here have mercy on me. And they see his petition answered. So then they can testify. God heard his petition for mercy. Bring glory to God's name. He's a God of loving kindness. A God of mercy. A tender gracious God. Messiah has come, and he's come to show mercy. When you bring together the thoughts 
of Messiah and mercy. You very quickly find yourself theologically going to the cross. Psalm 85, mercy and truth are met together. Righteousness and peace have kissed each other. We glorify God for his power, for his faithfulness, and for his mercy. And all of that centers our gaze upon the cross of Christ, the display of God's power, God's faithfulness, and God's mercy, as Christ died so that we sinners can be saved and enjoy the mercy of God as mercy and truth meet together. Does the consideration of these things cause us to praise and glorify God? How's your heart doing today? How's it doing today? You know, sometimes people will test your heart's healthiness. Cruel doctors will put you on a treadmill. And they'll make you move forward on a treadmill to test will your heart respond properly to exercise. Well, as a preacher, it is my task at times to test your heart. To present truth and see, does your heart properly respond to truth? And so you do you, do you respond in your soul with joy and happiness and say, praise God, what a God we love and serve. Or are you just there lifeless, dull, lethargic, with no proper response to the things of God? You conduct your own spiritual heart check today. And I'll do mine. I made a note in my notes this morning as I closed my preparation for this message. And I simply said, Lord, bring my heart into union with my head. I want to know truth and I want to feel truth. I want the response to truth. Unsaved soul, it is no surprise that your heart is dead. Believer, if you're unresponsive, you need to get before the Lord. Give me a heart to praise thy name. The people, when they saw it, they gave praise unto God. When we hear it, may we also give praise unto God. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this episode of Let the Bible Speak from Malvern Free Presbyterian Church. If you'd like more information about the gospel or the church, please call 610-993-3170 or email malvernfpc at yahoo.com. We extend an invitation to all to join us as we worship the Lord each week. You will be made very welcome. The church is situated at 80 Mallon Road, Malvern, Pennsylvania, at the junction of 401 and Mallon Road. We meet for worship on the Lord's Day at 11 a.m. and 6 p.m. A Bible study and prayer meeting is also held on Wednesday evening at 7 p.m. We preach Christ crucified.